Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series in the Book of Romans with this sermon entitled, Life in God's Holy Church, preached December 4th, 2011. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Life in God's Holy Church. Life based on the love of God. Beginning with the 12th chapter of Romans, St. Paul's emphasis is on the ethical life in God's holy church. This section of Romans is very relevant for our times because Not only the country has lost a sense of right and wrong. It is also generally true of the churches. The prevailing notion today is that if you love, then you do not have to keep God's law. Or, now listen, or... If you intend to be faithful in marriage, that's enough. It does not matter whether you are faithful to your husband or not. But you did intend, that's all. If you intended not to lie, that's enough. It does not matter if you lied. Paul teaches the opposite. Love fulfills the law. If we love the Lord, we will keep his commandments, Jesus said. The devil lies. The devil breaks God's law. Friends, doctrine and ethics go together. It cannot be separated. What we preach, we must practice. The family of God loves God and keeps his commandments. The family of the devil hates God and practice wickedness. There is enmity between these two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. God in Jesus Christ our Redeemer has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And brought us into the kingdom of his beloved son. Let's praise the Lord. So as the people of God, we must live all our lives to please God as members of one body and as members of God's holy family. We are told God loves us with an everlasting love. And we love God and God's people 
with that everlasting love. So all our life is governed by this holy love. And we read in verse 9, it is a love without, what sir? Hypocrisy. So we look at this love without hypocrisy. He agape anupokritos. Only three words in the Greek text. We are to live this life of love without one. Hypocrisy. If you say I lied but I intended to tell truth. It is not living a life of love. Such a person is a hypocrite. He is a fake. He is a counterfeit Christian. He is an antinomian. Listen to my late professor John Murray of Westminster Seminary about this verse. If love is the sum of virtue and hypocrisy the epitome of vice, what a contradiction to bring these together in Romans 12 verse 9. Remember Judas, he kissed Jesus and betrayed him. And Jesus spoke to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Love with hypocrisy says you could divorce your wife if she has an incurable disease. Or if you have fallen in love with another person, you are a hypocrite. Love must be without hypocrisy. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 6. We are to serve God in sincere love. First Timothy 1.5 The goal of this command is love which comes from a pure heart. And a good conscience. And a sincere faith. First Peter 1 verse 22. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth. So that you have sincere unhypocritical love for your brothers. Love one another deeply from the heart. God condemns hypocrite. God sees you. You will lie to receive benefits. Love should be unfeigned, authentic. Hypocrites, in Greek term, hypocrites are actors. They wear masks. They play the role of a Christian. Role of a husband or wife. They are plastic, not authentic. Apostolic church included 
counterfeit Christians as it is today. So we read in 1 John 2, 19, they went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that uh, not even one of them belonged to us. That tells you church is a mixture of authentic as well as inauthentic fake Christians. And it will be so until the end of times. It was so in the apostolic time. Love must be sincere. Sincere from the Latin sine sera, meaning without wax. They used wax to cover the cracks in cheap pottery. The excellent pottery was stamped with this word sine sera without wax. You can look at it in bright light and you will find no wax no cracks so also the true people of God are sealed by the Holy Ghost they are authentic children of God born of the spirit and indwelt by the spirit and lives by the spirit Ephesians 1.13 And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Paul begins with love. It is the first fruit of the Holy Spirit. Where there is love, all other fruits of the Spirit will be present. He uses the word agape, not eros, not philia, nor storge, but agape. That speaks of God's love for us. It is the love of the Father. That sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. True love, friends, true love sacrifices for the beloved. We read Christ loved the church and gave himself in death for their redemption. The hypocrite gets and lives to get. To suck you dry. Look. And see whether you are what? A hypocrite. You have hope today. A husband is to love his wife. In the same way as Christ loved the church. And gave himself for her. God's love for us is genuine. Everlasting. Sacrificial. And without hypocrisy. God is love. 
Those born of God love sacrificially. So we read Ephesians 5, 1 and 2. Be imitators of God. Therefore ask dearly loved children. And live a life of love. Just as Christ loved us. And gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God that is in the death of the cross. Husbands love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Saint John the Apostle says we love because he first loved us. If anyone says I love God yet hates his brother he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command whoever loves God must love also his brother. And he says in 1 John 3.16 this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we what sir? Ought. We ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. Friends, to abide in Christ, the vine, is to abide in love, Jesus said. It is to abide in his word, it is to obey Christ, and thus live a life of sacrifice. Sacrifice means pain and suffering. It is giving, not getting. Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. Such love alone is without what's a hypocrisy. When you were baptized, did you confess Jesus is Lord without what? Hypocrisy. When you got married in the presence of God and his holy church, did you covenant without hypocrisy? Think about it. When you joined Christ's holy church, did you make covenant what? Without hypocrisy. When you bought the house, did you sign the mortgage papers without hypocrisy and so on the saints of God do not kiss the kiss of Judas the kiss of lie New Testament exhorts us to kiss each other with a holy kiss on the cross God's love and justice kissed each other in Jesus Christ True love does not love everyone without exception. True love discriminates. God's common grace, yes, reaches all without exception. But his special grace reaches in redemption only his elect. 
So the theology of redemptor homines is not biblical. Friends, Bible opposes a mushy love of hollow sentimentality that champions inclusivism and universalism. Love discriminates. Jesus Christ died on the cross only for his church. And you read John's gospel 17th chapter the prayer of our high priest Jesus Christ he discriminates he doesn't pray for everybody John 17 9 17 verse 9 I pray for them I am not praying for the world but for those you have given me for they are yours This agape love must operate in all areas of life. And it should operate in abundance. Because he who has been forgiven much. Loves much. And friends we are forgiven of our infinite sin. If our love is genuine. Then... We are told in the ninth verse of Romans 12, we must abhor, the Greek word is so strong, hate exceedingly, detest all evil. The devil is evil. Sin is evil. Sin is transgression of God's law. The world is evil. The devil controls the world. The worldliness is evil. Joseph hated evil. He said, how can I do this wicked thing and sin against God? Daniel and the three Hebrew children hated evil and embraced God and his good commandment. Josiah hated evil and destroyed all idols and loved God and his holy laws. Jesus was tempted by the devil but he hated evil and loved his father and his laws. Abstain from evil and be united with good. God is good. Elect angels are good. God's holy church is good. God's commandments are good. God's creation is good. The estate of marriage is good. God hates divorce but loves marriage. The new heaven and new earth is going to be very good. Eternal life in glory is most excellent. So Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, touch no unclean thing. And I will receive you, I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. 
Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit. Perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. Friends, there cannot be compromise between good and evil. We cannot be united with Christ and be united with the devil. God's holy people are poor evil and abide in Christ. And I'll speak to you seven areas where we must live by love. First area is love the church, the people of God. We practice this love in our life in God's holy church. Be devoted to one another in Christ's church in brotherly love, it says. The Greek speaks of practicing in the church the love we show to family members. The word is storge. Yes, we all are brothers and sisters because we are children of the Heavenly Father. We are born of God. We are born of the Spirit because of the redemption of Christ. This family of God is better than the natural family if the members are unbelievers. The natural family is unholy and temporal. The family of God is holy and what? Eternal. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones says this, let your love for the brethren in the faith be as though you were brethren in blood. And we are brothers in blood because we are bought by the blood of God. If you love God, then your unbelieving family members would hate you. That's the way it is. Again, Martin Lord Jones says, can you say, quite honestly? Now, yes, think about it. Can you say, quite honestly, without hypocrisy, that you have a deeper affection for and a deeper understanding of your fellow Christians than you have for your natural relatives who are not Christians. Yes, we belong to the household of God. Galatians 6 verse 10, therefore as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Ephesians 2.19, consequently you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household. 1 Timothy 3.15, if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's household, which is the church of the living God. Friends, therefore, we are to love one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ, 
even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. Let me read this to you. It will blow your mind. John 17 verse 23. If you are not a Christian, it will not blow your mind. But if you are a Christian, it will amaze you. John 17 verse 23. I in them and you in me, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. What more do you want, sir? Your children may not love you. Your wife may not love you. Your husband may not love you. Your pastor may not love you. Don't worry. God loves you as he loves his own son, Jesus Christ. John 15 verse 9, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Number two, love honors God's people. It is proper to have mutual rivalry in the church. Did you hear that, sir? It is proper to have mutual rivalry in the church in the matter of bestowing honor upon one another. Yes, we must give honor to those to whom honor is due. Parents, husbands, pastors, masters, magistrates, and so on. But in Romans 12.10, he instructs us to honor one another. Each one is to be first, the Greek tells us, in honoring the other. Don't wait for the other to honor you. You be the first. I want to be first in honoring you above myself, says Mary. No, I want to be first in honoring and serving you above myself, says Martha. There is this mutual rivalry. Holy rivalry in showing honor to the members of God's family. Bought by God's blood. To honor is to show genuine appreciation to members of God's family. So Paul says in Philippians 2, 3 and 4, do nothing out of what? Selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. The Greek text says each one needs to go ahead of others in honoring others as the exemplar to others. Paul says that he was less than the least of all the saints. When we honor others, we put ourselves down. And he, Paul says, last of all, Christ appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Paul calls himself the worst sinner. He calls himself the worst sinner. 
Jesus as a slave washed the feet of his disciples. Then he said, now that I, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. Number three, serve the Lord with zeal. Friends, God does not accept service to him rendered without flaming love. Members of the Laodicean church are worldly, not God lovers. Such lukewarm Christians will experience the big spit on the last day. Every Christian must serve the Lord wholeheartedly with burning zeal. The servant who buried his talent is called you wicked and lazy servant. A Christian zeal is according to knowledge of the gospel. Jesus was zealous for serving his father the whole of his life. The Bible tells the lazy Christian to go to the end. Come on, go to the end and learn to work with zeal. A double-minded man fails at every task. You tell your kid to have flaming zeal to study, to read the Bible, to pray, to work hard. Colossians 3, 23 and 24, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord not for men 1 Corinthians 15 58 therefore my dear brothers stand firm let nothing move you always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord knowing that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And your labor is not in vain. Galatians 6 verse 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Christians be set on fire by the Holy Spirit. Bible says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Set ablaze by the Spirit of the living God. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be being filled with the Spirit. And this church believes in Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost sets us on fire. That we may do all things in the zeal of God. Paul says to this end I labor struggling with all his energy which so powerfully works in me. May God help us to abhor and detest half-hearted service. Yes. 
First Corinthians 10:31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Henry Martin was missionary to India. And he used to say, let us burn out for God. Be fervent, burning in spirit. Let us burn out for God like a candle. Serve the Lord as his bond slave. Hear, cherish, and do his will. Remember you read this morning, John 4, verse 34. Jesus said, my food, my spiritual nourishment is to do the will of God and what? To finish it. He looked forward to the cross to finish the work of redemption. It gave him great joy. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do everything without complaining or arguing. God is sick and tired of all that arguing coming out of your mouth. Stop it if you are a Christian. If we confess Jesus is Lord and been baptized in the name of the triune God, then let us serve our master. Paul identifies himself in this epistle, chapter 1, verse 1, as the slave of Christ Jesus. It was his passion to finish the work, the task the master gave him. All of life, we are to serve him. Jesus said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Hypocrisy. And Acts 20, we read, and now compelled by the Spirit, I am going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city, the Holy Spirit wants me, that prison and hardships are facing me. However... However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And he did. And he says in the last letter, 2 Timothy 4, I am already being poured out like a drink offering and the time has come for my exodus departure. I have fought the good fight, finished the race. I have kept the faith, flaming zeal in serving Christ. By the power of the Spirit, friends, let us serve the Lord till death till death sir Paul tells in Colossians 4 verse 17 tell Archippus that he complete the work he received from 
the Lord. Let love be what? Without hypocrisy. May God help us to keep our word till death. And he will not leave you. I'll be with you always, even unto the end of the ages. I'll be in you. I will work in you, both to will and to do my good pleasure. We work out and he works in. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to be faithful to you all of life. You help us that our love for you will be without hypocrisy. In Jesus' name, amen.